0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in
1: Tuscaloosa. More important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God
2: bless you and roll tide.
3: jay barker shop i'm matt coulter there's largely anderson our steady and true intern alex bauman steady is, is a good adjective for alex, yeah. alex. Yeah. unfazed unflappable i'm gonna have to get his thoughts a little bit later on what's going down tonight in beantown Well, boston's a place to be because the u.s open is hey it started up this morning um at Brookline at the Country Club. Um, your current leader, Lars, since he's your guy, who's atop the leaderboard from South Africa. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's an it. Uh, if you weren't here the other day, you don't understand that. Uh.
4: Uh, Royer McElroy. And, uh, and just you see his comportment out on the course, the way he's strutting around and just hitting these towering irons, uh, hitting fairways, uh, getting on... Uh, to the greens and and his putting, and uh, through 17, he's minus four. Uh, And, I mean, jokingly, a lot of golf Twitter, uh, people I follow, and there is like a real sort of sect of Twitter that's just obsessed with golf. They're saying, hey, it's Rory's tournament to lose. Here we are (laughs) Thursday, only through 17 holes. He's only through 17 holes, but, man, he he looks good. And I really think the winning score because of the way the tournament or the way the course is set up uh I think the winning score is going to be minus 1 I really do they're going to just make it tougher and tougher and yeah. tougher yeah uh,
3: that's usually the way this works uh quick question for you because we witnessed it at the PGA but former major winners have a decisive advantage over the rest of the field uh, and I think maybe more so in the US Open because All of the majors are tough mentally, but the U.S. Open, with its rough, its field, um, that's got to be a mind-blower. for. And and as I heard one of them say yesterday on the Golf Channel, it's that way, mentally, grueling, difficult, 18 times a day.
4: I agree. And to me, if I was a professional golfer uh, growing up in the United States, this is the tournament I would want to win. Uh, more so than augusta because that, that's a you know it's the same course every year uh, uh more so than the british open because look I, I know that that's the the birthplace of golf uh scotland when it's played in scotland and uh but that's it's links and we don't we don't play we don't grow up playing lynx style golf in the united states uh, to me this is the tournament you want to win uh and uh I mean, Rory's just got the game for it. You know, he's coming off the victory in Canada. Uh, He's had an edge uh, to him when speaking of the Live Tour and the Live players and the decisions that they have made. He is quickly emerging as the face of the PGA Tour. Ian JT yeah him and, he and justin thomas absolutely and and, and John rom too who we talked about yesterday and and rom had a nice first round he he's he's un, he's one under par i think anything even or uh under par you 've got to feel really good absolutely. even even one over maybe even two over. Uh, after this first round, I, I've got a feeling the second wave just went off, right? So the afternoon, uh, after afternoon times are just going off, and and it, I think it's going to be probably a little bit more difficult in the afternoon than it was in the morning. But um, you know, I, I just uh, Rory's got to feel really good because he's just again he's carrying on what he did in Canada, and it it has it bled over. To his first round of the U.S. Open. And this sort of raises an interesting question, Matt, of uh, the idea of momentum. And does momentum actually really exist in sports or does it not? Is that just something we make up? And I've always believed in the power of momentum, especially in golf, because golf it's just like it, it, your timing is on or it's off and it, and for these guys it, they're so precise if you're just a tick off uh it can it can send your game spiraling i
3: think um, momentum is really very evident uh with a football team's drive and you just keep pounding and passing and completing and running and blocking but this afternoon as you mentioned uh the second wave Phil DJ Deshambo. I mentioned those because they're the live golfers. Kevin Na, they're all teeing off here within the next 45 minutes, and so is Justin I think, Thomas.
4: Keep an eye on DJ. I think he's a guy who's got the game that could contend. Of all the guys who left to go to the live tour, uh, Johnson is the one to uh, keep an eye on, I think. Well, we'll see. Um, I
3: wonder if, uh, about his driver, though, because, man, you can't lose it. No, you got to stay in the short grass. Hey, let's uh, bring on Chris Walsh. Uh, Bama Central is going to join us right now and talk about several things. And first, we're going to ask you, hey, first of all, Chris, you good? I know you're. You're. if you've gone outside, you've done your exercise uh, for the day. Walking to the car I, is my exercise for the day.
5: Well, considering how much you sweat, you know, getting to the car, yeah, why that counts. In fact, that's the worst yeah. thing about l- watching this golf tournament is that it's 68 degrees there. <laughs> it's
4: uh, got to be kidding. I know, it's 60. Yeah, it, it, it Yeah. It, well, no, I, like you'd see some of the guys like wearing like, you know, some jackets. It's like gosh, boy, it'd be nice to have that here. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Chris, I, I think you you know, uh, you follow Excuse me for
3: interrupting. Yeah. Rory, evidently Buggy Day team. Of course, as we talk about. Yeah, it, but, we bring uh, him up, he <laughs>
4: drops. Us. Um, Chris your uh your your take on the u s open i i don't know how much you follow golf i I, I know that just alabama sports and, and Alabama football in particular sort of consume your time but um have you had a chance to sort of look at uh the u s open field and just all the storylines in golf is is there some is there something that sticks out to you that you're going to be paying close attention to over these next four days
5: well i mean the you know the fact that we cover alabama um makes Justin Thomas stand way out to us. You know, we want to know how he's doing and and, uh, keep an eye on him kind of thing. Uh, It's so hard to win one of these, and he's had such a great career. So it's always interesting um, to see where he is, how he comes out, and and, and so forth. He's been very, very well, though. So um, I, I agree with you. I don't see dramatic scores this week. I think uh, this is going to be one of those tournaments where we're going to see a lot of guys bunched up and it's just going to kind of slowly kind of evolve uh, where the, the guys who they're not going to separate themselves. They're going to more I think they're more going to survive as well and um, it's, it's a different kind of tournament. So uh, US Open, yeah, US Open's huge. It's, um, I don't know if I'd want to win the US Open over, over the Masters, but uh, uh, either one would be great.
4: <laughs> I think the U.S. Open is more challenging, you know, because the conditions are always going to be more challenging. The score is going to be lower. I mean, I think the goal of uh, of of everyone who sets up an open tournament is to have the winning score be even par right i think that's a, that's the goal every year and so i mean they make it almost impossible to play really narrow fairways extremely fast greens small greens and and rough that is so thick that uh you know a hacker like me uh, if i go in the rough i i i'd be lucky to hit it 15 yards you know it, it's amazing what these guys can do out of the rough but uh Uh, so you've had a chance to kind of study and analyze Justin Thomas as, as, as a lot of people in Alabama have, what, what sticks out to you about JT, uh, and, and what do you think he got from his time at Alabama? He, he's so closely aligned and I love it when he's at these random tournaments all around the country. And if you, if you pay attention and, 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 uh and follow his round, you'll inevitably hear a roll tie at least once or twice uh, throughout his round, Chris.
5: Well, first off, um, well, let me say this real quick about, about the U.S. Open. The one thing that always kind of drives me nuts is when you get these golfers who are like, oh, the course is too tough. The course is the same for every single person. I mean, the, the number is kind of subjective. Yeah. I, I, I like it when the course is tougher because this is supposed to be the U.S. championship, you know? So um, that's kind of a that's always been kind of a pet peeve of mine. Uh, just to begin with, the the thing that I, I I really like about Justin when I've dealt with him and uh, and and talked to people around him is just he's just a good guy, you know. And and it's just so refreshing to see. Yeah. And in golf, you don't always get that. And some guys' true colors have been kind of showing lately, especially you know these guys who are going on the um, you know leaving the PGA to go play. You know the Saudi Arabia tour, or whatever they want to call it, um, and you kind of look at some of those guys, and you're just like, "Yeah, I wouldn't cross the street for that guy," you know, kind of thing. And but Justin is uh, he, he's he's the real deal, and and it's just both on and off the course, which is great.
3: Yeah, and uh, I think he garnered even more favor by what he had to say about the live tour. All right. Our guest is Chris Walsh. Lars Anderson is in the studio. I'm Matt Coulter. We've got Alex as well. Uh, got a good show lined up for you uh, from Tuscaloosa Thread. Uh, Stephen Deathridge is going to be with us. and uh, He's the one that wrote the story to begin everything yesterday about the beer tax uh, at the University of Alabama, in Tuscaloosa, and that deal. Apparently, uh, they're going to smooth things off. It's not going to be a really, really
4: large head like half the glass. Like I pour. It'll be a large pour. I, I want to talk to Chris about this on the other side, just his uh, his take on, on the events of yesterday. And it's interesting, you know, uh, the, the fact that Walt Maddox, our, our friend who we all really like, the mayor of Tuscaloosa, he had some some challenging words for for, for uh, the University of Alabama when it came to this. And they've obviously reconciled. And uh, we'll get into that on the other side of Matt.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very
0: hot afternoon, partly to mostly sunny, with only a small chance of a thunderstorm through the evening hours. The high today, 98. The low tonight, 76. Hot again tomorrow, lots of sunshine. The chance of a shower stays small. The high also, 98. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 91 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
3: Back on the Jay Barker Show. It's Matt Lars. Chris Walsh is joining us as well. And I can't believe I've allowed this show to go on for 18 minutes without yelling at the top of my lungs.
6: 14! 14!
3: My Atlanta Braves are absolutely as hot as our weather. You know what? This is a fun thing to say. They haven't lost all month. So, tell us about the game last night. Uh, we'll going into that. We got Chris, we won't get to that, but uh, <laughs> I um...
4: no no, actually it's a really great story, uh, and I mean they're getting into historical uh, territory here, but yeah, we'll get into well, that.
3: But... Just real quick because uh,
4: 14,
3: because of you, had more significance to me. Do you know why?
4: Ken Anderson now
3: you came up with a great statistic earlier in the week. Only fifty-six Major League Baseball teams in the history of the sport have had winning streaks of fourteen or better. So when they hit
4: fourteen, I went way to go, Lars. You know what's amazing too, and I'll look it up and, and verify this. I believe there's only been three other teams that have won fourteen in a row that have losing records. Uh, <laughs> oh wow, that's.
3: I don't know if I wanted. Does to Atlanta know that. still
4: have? They still have a losing record, right? Oh no, 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 no. Or did, uh, did they start with a losing record?
3: Oh, now they opened the season. Um, maybe I'm you know, maybe I, not sure. But oh, I, I, no, I, I'll I mean, look it up. Look if it up. ended today, I, they would have a, at least, well, yeah, they can't. The Mets are still four games in front, I think. But uh, if it ended today, they'd be um, uh, at least a wild card. So, in, anyway, there we go. Uh, Chris, uh, you a baseball guy. You keeping up with the Braves?
5: Uh, not so much the Braves. You? Yep. Yeah. Sorry about um, that. Um, not so much the Braves. I, um, yeah. I covered Major League Baseball for three years. and I love covering it. But it's kind of one of those things where as, football just kind of dominates my life. So I really don't care about baseball like I, I used to. Um, and it's, I, I, God, I couldn't tell you. It's the last time I went and saw a game, it was the old stadium. Wait, you can't say the old stadium with the Braves because that can mean like three different things. Um,
3: yeah, I've been to—I have been to the new one, but I've been to all the previous ones.
5: Uh, do you have a team? I did. Uh, well, I grew up in Minnesota, so you know, Twins. Which yeah. people around here the don't twin? want to hear.
4: Oh, oh man, I do. I'll talk any of them with you, uh, Kirby Puckett one of my all-time favorite twins uh in yeah that, what was that? uh, uh Kent uh,
3: Kent Herbert Kent Herbert who Her- tossed yeah. Ron Gant off the bag so I'll never like him <laughs> um, Kirby caught a ball against the wall in 91 okay we're not going to go there we're going to go let's do the setup Lars um since you're on um you're on the twitter the facebook <laughs> the instagram feeds with mayor Walt Maddox And you and Nick are very close. The University of Alabama, you were an employee. I could go on and on and on and on. But basically, it appears that Alabama and the city of Tuscaloosa have come to an agreement about sales tax, which was initially, Lars, it was a pretty big rub.
4: Yeah, uh, there definitely was a war of words between the city of Tuscaloosa and uh, the university over, uh, over the sale of alcohol. At uh, at all sporting events, uh, not just at at Bryant Denny for uh, football games, but uh, now uh, there was a a press release yesterday, I believe, Chris, that uh, basically the two sides have uh, have agreed that uh, to put the the wheels in motion uh, to have uh, uh, beer sales uh, allowed and um, and and. and I know a lot of people were upset with Walt Maddox when he sort of, uh, you know, put a halt to everything moving forward. But I believe it was on our show. We had Walt on, and and I mean, he told us that, uh, that that the the city had never charged for uh, their game day services. Uh, but, you know, they provide several million dollars in, in all sorts of different uh, supporting roles uh, with, with safety and, and other things. And I think Walt wanted to extract some concessions from the University of Alabama, because if you put uh, alcohol in, you, you insert alcohol into uh, uh, Brian Denny. It's going to cause some problems. Uh, I mean, there there, there have certainly yeah, been there, cause studies. Because there's none there now. There's no, Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, and there actually have been some studies that suggest there you'll have less issues of crime and violence if you if you ex- sell the alcohol in the stadium as opposed to uh, keeping it illegal, because therefore you're going to minimize uh, hopefully uh, binge drinking, but we'll get into the details of that in a little bit but uh chris i know you've been covering this it is a big story uh what uh your just analysis of what's happened here in the last about twenty four hours with uh with this issue
5: well i just kind of think this is one of those it was a matter of time and um you know the university obviously wants to do it make the make make some extra revenue and and the city is you know hey we need a little we need a little uh a little bit of the love and, and a little cut ourselves. And I I don't know how much of this is just kind of posturing, um, and you know, and every once in a while you see a university and 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 the city kind of butt heads a little bit, and, and it's you kind of wonder what's really going on behind the scenes. But in my mind, this is just a matter of time, and I don't think there was any way that they were going to go into the season without this trained out. So I think they kind of probably had. Some sort of deadline, you know, to get it done, before say
4: the end of June, and and they got it done. Yeah. So the um, the new the agreement, so the tentative agreement um, between the city and the and the university, adds quote specialty services funding from the university to uh, cover community event services like enhanced fire rescue, transportation, infrastructure services. UA is also going to fund a new scholarship program for Tuscaloosa police officers, firefighters and their children to quote honor those who protect the communities where UA f- faculty, staff and students live and where families uh, and supporters visit and um, and then the uh, the exact details of UA's plan to add alcohol sales have not yet been announced. But yeah, like you said, Chris, I I think we all believe that it was just a matter of time, especially since the SEC they first allowed alcohol sales uh, in 2019, and um, you know, not every school uh, got, not every school jumped at it immediately. But uh, LSU, not surprisingly, they were the the leaders who were really pushing to have booze in the stadium. And uh, the first year, the, the rule uh, that allowed alcohol sales, LSU reported, uh, they they made uh, 2.25 mil in alcohol revenue. 2.25 million in alcohol revenue. Um, I don't know if Alabama can match that, Uh <laughs> who knows uh chris here, here's an interesting question i mean let's 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 brass tax it here how much will a bud light cost in Bryant, and denny yeah <laughs> are we talking uh like new york yankee like 16 dollars, or are we talking uh 10 12 8 what do you think
5: i you know we've kind of poked around on that we haven't gotten a straight answer probably you know that's not something that they're going to release i don't think um you know, I, I got to give a lot of credit to the Atlanta Falcons, where they do a lot of their concessions are in uh, pretty cheap in in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But um, yeah, it's I mean, if they're going to do it and they're going to want to make some money, you know that they're going to they're going to they're going to charge some money for this. So um, I'd say minimum ten bucks.
4: Will this have any effect on students smuggling or not students, just fans in general? smuggling their own uh, containers of uh, alcohol into
5: the stadium? I think it will over time. Uh, a lot of them are still going to do it, obviously, because, I mean, that's what you do. It's tradition, you know? It's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I hear from people all the time, it's like, I, I, you know, I did it, my mother did it, my father did it, you know, my, and so forth. The generation have all done this kind of thing. Um, so it's, Yeah, I think it's going to lessen, but it'll still be there, especially, you know, I mean, the underage uh, students, um, they're going to be drinking, you know, illegally. They're still going to, you know, try to bring it in and, and, uh, you know, duck into the bathroom or wherever it is that they go and they they do that. So uh, it'll change it, but I don't think it's going to be too radical at first, especially
3: I wonder how many vendors, the different vendors they will allow, and what kind of uh, money they got to come up with for rights fees. Those are questions we will discuss on the other side of this break. You're listening to the Lars Anderson Show. You just heard from Chris Walsh. Lars is in the studio. I'm Matt Coulter. Coming up from Tuscaloosa Thread, Stephen Deathridge will be joining us. He uh, wrote the story yesterday following the release, and he will be with us in about uh, three minutes and five seconds. That's what Tom Snyder used to do. We'll be back in two and two.
8: two six nine. Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to dot and order anything you want and type in J. Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on the J. Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at SiebelsCottage.com.
9: letter O
3: back on the Jay Barker show Chris Walsh is our guest he's going to be nice enough to hang around for most of the show if not all Uh, no change in the leaderboard at the US Open uh, Callum Terran, a golfer from Ireland, in the clubhouse at minus three, along with David Lingmirth. He's from Switzerland. Roy McElroy is also at minus three. And then you've got a host at minus two, minus one. Uh, the guys of interest certainly, Rory is one of them, but Phil, DJ, Deschambeau, JT are either teeing off in a few minutes or have already teed off and they're on the first or second hole. So, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and we are joined, actually, in our very own studio in Tuscaloosa at Tide 100.9 by Stephen Dethridge, who uh, wrote a story yesterday on Tuscaloosa Thread concerning the alcohol sales, the tax, and all at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Uh, first of all, Stephen, I believe this is your first appearance on this show. Um, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but uh, can you give us a quick thirty-minute, 30-second uh, 30 background on uh, where you come from, what you're doing, and... Uh, I know you're writing for Tuscaloosa Thread, right?
10: Yes, actually, I'm the uh, the, the managing editor there at the Tuscaloosa Thread, which is a, uh, a hyper-local news website that we launched here at uh, Town Square Media uh, in August 2020. So for uh, almost two years now, we are uh, just uh, aiming to be a news leader in West Alabama and in Tuscaloosa, especially when it comes to crime and courts coverage, uh, restaurant and retail development news, and uh, High School and Collegiate Athletics, which is uh, uh, supplemented, of course, by the incredible team here at Tide 100.9 who uh, work really hard to uh, bring news to us so that the, 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 the thread can focus on those hyper-local Tuscaloosa stories without ever seeing kind of our uh, sports coverage dip uh, for lack of resources because we've got the, the incredible Tide team here helping us out.
3: Um. Great concept! I wish you much success, and apparently you got Joe Gaither writing for you, so all is done. Um, That's right. Hey, we went over the specifics. Yeah, we went over the specifics just a minute ago, so I'm gonna kind of jump into a more into a deeper dive here. The uh, university is going to donate in several different areas to the city, Uh, police department, firefighters—really, all good stuff. But I didn't read anything unless I mixed it, missed it—that they're going to give money out of the proceeds. What was made from alcohol sales directly back to the city? This is all in a contribution fashion. Did, did I read that right?
10: That is uh, my understanding, and of course, uh, the, the city will benefit from its normal sort of sales tax structure. But yeah, the, the the agreement that we uh, uh, that we announced yesterday that the university and city came to is, like you said, it's, it's about contributions, kind of lump sum per year, and that's uh, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year. In 2024, five, six, seven and eight. So that's a one point two five million dollar total from the university to the city to cover the cost of police and fire and infrastructure services that uh, all come together to create the uh, Tuscaloosa game day experience as we know it.
4: Stephen, were you surprised that uh, Mayor Walt Maddox kind of dug his heels in on this issue and, uh, and also the, the city council? Uh, it, it's rare that uh, that the city sort of puts up a fight uh, against the University of Alabama.
10: I, I definitely, uh, there was some surprise there, it, especially that the, the kind of disagreement that uh, uh, emerged in February became so public when you had uh, athletic director Greg Byrne and UA President Stuart Bell uh, both calling the, the uh, proposed service fee the, that the council adopted uh, arbitrary and unnecessary and uh, ultimately saying, listen, we're not going to proceed with alcohol sales at Coleman Coliseum or Bryant-Denny Stadium or any other UA venue as long as this service fee is uh, uh, exists in its current state. And uh, yeah, the mayor did. He 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 uh, dug his heels in. The council dug their heels in to say, uh, you know, the the cost of police and fire protection for every home game, both in the stadium and at Coleman Coliseum, to block roads, to deal with uh, uh, people who are misbehaving, you know, who need to be uh, arrested or detained or transported or, or assisted, you know, if they're having a medical emergency. Almost all of those services are provided by the city. And, of course, they cost money, just an exorbitant amount of overtime and equipment. And uh, the, the the city said, listen, you know, we, we have got to be better compensated. If you are going to begin selling alcohol in these venues, it's going to create more problems for us. We are going to have to do more. And so uh, the other side of that coin was we're going to have to be paid more to do that. And uh, rather than uh, sort of sorting that out, Uh, behind closed doors uh, or or coming to an agreement before those discussions were public, we had a really rare, uh, open, ugly spat between leadership at the city and leadership at the university in in a way that uh, I haven't seen in 12 years uh, covering the Tuscaloosa area.
5: Stephen, I'm really curious if – this is Chris Walsh from uh, Bama Central. I'm really curious if if you've gotten a feel for how many venues are going to have alcohol sales starting right off.
10: Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm didn't completely hear your question. Did you, did you ask when the sales are expected to begin?
5: No. What venues? Where are they going to Where are they going to start off by selling alcohol, and then where are they going to um, are they going to plan to add later on?
10: Well, we know that Coleman is on the menu, and and, and Coleman actually got their uh, permit to sell alcohol back in February and the the details of those were really the, the, that plan was released in February, where they wanted to do beer, wine, and hard seltzer, no liquor inside the stadium and uh, the The concessioneer who spoke to the city council said at least in Coleman, all of that was going to be in a set concession stand there wouldn't be any hawking there wouldn't be anyone taking beers into the uh, stadium seats and trying to sell people there. But then they said at Bryant-Denny, which uh, back in February was really not in the conversation until it was. We, we had a concessionaire with Levy uh, appear before the city council and say, we're going to come back to you for a permit to sell in Bryant-Denny. Well, that was breaking news. I'm not sure it was really meant to be disclosed in that setting. And it, it completely transformed the conversation because Bryant-Denny obviously is a different beast than Coleman Coliseum. And uh, the the concessionaire there said, yeah, I I think that when we get to Bryant-Denny, you may see some of that hawking. You may see some people moving through the stands and trying to sell to people directly in their seats. Uh, And this this really, you know, perked up the ears of the city council and Mayor Walt Maddox and said, you know, if if we're talking about alcohol sales inside Bryant-Denny Stadium with an average attendance of almost 100,000 fans per home game, this is is a beast uh, of an entirely different nature. Than uh, trying to sell inside Coleman Coliseum,
3: Stephen. Do you have any idea they may need plans uh, about vendors? How many um, will they serve out of the same concession areas? Will, will they have independent beer and wine sales? And I, I'm asking for your crystal balls here. Here, so if if you know, you know. You don't, you don't.
10: I, I don't have uh, uh, perfect answers uh, to the to that. No, and now the the. Um The original appearance before the council was from Herbert Tesh, who was a spokesperson for uh, Levy Premium Food Service. It's L-E-V-Y, Premium Food Service. And they were going to be the designated vendor in... Uh, coleman coliseum and then tesh also said that he was going to come back for bryant denny so from what i understand uh it, it may all be centralized through that levy uh premium food service who is the uh, already the concessionaire for um both coleman coliseum and bryant denny and uh the city and, and university may leave uh those the specific details about you know what uh what drinks are on offer and uh, what vendors will be participating to uh that that uh levy premium food service. But those details have not been uh publicly disclosed yet, especially since the conversation came to such a screeching halt back in uh February when uh, Greg Byrne and uh Stuart Bell came out so um publicly and prominently against this service fee that the city had uh proposed. And uh, with Stephen the- you're a uh Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say the 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 announcement yesterday. Uh, a lot of people, you know, it, you can come down whatever way you like on alcohol sales in these venues and whether the the city deserved uh, uh, more money from the university to allow those sales to go forward. But I, I think people need to to realize that the agreement that came out yesterday really is a major concession from the city. They 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 are getting a fraction of the revenue that would have been generated by the service fee that they adopted. It doesn't take a lot of napkin math to see that uh, $250,000 per year falls short of what the city stood to make in a single home football game. If every ticket was going to be $3 more expensive and 100,000 people attended each game, then every home game uh, was going to represent $300,000 in new revenue for the city from this service fee. Now, I am sure that the mayor and the council are pleased that the university has, has uh, uh, come to a compromise and said every year we'll give you $250,000. But really, that's, that's a major concession from the city uh, against the revenue that they could have generated where we would have been talking about millions of dollars per year in revenue generated by the service fee for tickets sold at Bryant-Denny and Coleman alone before you talk about other uh, athletic venues that have not yet been officially brought into the conversation.
4: All right, Stephen, this is an opinion question. Uh, You are a graduate of the University of Alabama. And by the way, Meredith Cummings has texted me and she wants me to tell you hello from her. Um, (laughs) Do you think this is a good thing for the University of Alabama to be selling alcohol at Bryant-Denny Stadium?
10: Well, Meredith is, is absolutely one of the best journalism professors that uh, I've, I've ever uh, encountered. And I know she is leaving the university this semester and uh, will you know the, the communication school is going to be worse without her. Is this a good thing? I, I, you know, I caught some of your conversation before the last break. And, I mean, p- drinking and Alabama football games, they, they go together, you know, peas in a pod. It's, it's hand in hand. And certainly when I was a student, I was there from two thousand and nine to uh, two thousand and thirteen studying journalism. We won three national championships in the four years that I was a student there, and uh, you know I, <laughs> it would be it would be a, a terrible life for me to pretend that we were not having a very good time uh, during those seasons <laughs> and it 's it's, it's natural it 's natural for the students to want to drink it 's natural for the fans to want to drink and to have you know a, as the the uh, SEC has opened this option to Uh, It's member schools and other member schools picked up on it. It, I mean, I think you really have to get on board and sell in your stadium when you've got other SEC member schools already doing it. Uh, Everything is such a competition from the players to the facilities. You don't want a a, a red mark against you in the minds of recruits or fans or donors because you are the last Puritan holding out uh, that is not serving, you know, White Claws and Bud Light at a football game.
3: Hey, terrific stuff! Um, first nice appearance stuff. here on the show uh, will not be the last.
10: Well, I, I appreciate that. I, Thank I just, you for having me on.
3: Oh, I, absolutely. That's uh, Stephen Deathridge, who is uh, with Tuscaloosa Thread, and he is their managing digital editor. All the names of these, and 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 I respect the titles that that they have, but they're uh, they're difficult for an old guy like me
4: to keep up. What 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 is your title, Lars? Are you a just writer? Yeah, author, senior instructor. I just got promoted to senior instructor. I did put the senior in front of me. I think it's because I turned 50. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that's an interesting thought, but I, uh, I would senior imagine instructor uh, at Alabama. your accomplishments had more to do so than, than yeah. your age. By the way, did you see we we're all going to get a IT personal assistance? you read that? Uh-uh. Ew. Uh, Chris Walsh is with us, and we'll be back as we continue with the Jay Barker Show.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A
0: very hot afternoon, partly to mostly sunny, with only a small chance of a thunderstorm through the evening hours. The high today, 98. The low tonight, 76. Hot again tomorrow, lots of sunshine. The chance of a shower stays small. The high also, 98. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 91 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
3: Dave Barker Show, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, Chris Walsh is with us. Going to wrap up the talk about the beer sales at Bryant-Denny Stadium. And I- I'm going to lead things off a little bit here with, you know, a long time ago, large venues had pouring rights. And it was a big deal, for particularly in the world of soft drinks, with Pepsi and Coca-Cola. There will be some type of deal done, I would assume, at Bryant-Denny. It seems to be... Broader Now, for instance, if you go to a UAB game, you can get like a a blue moon or a light or a Coors Light or something like that. And I imagine because you can't just get every you can't have a craft beer bar at Bryant Denny Stadium, but there will be a select number that are chosen. I wonder aloud what kind of rights fee they pay for that, because, you know, all the food vendors pay for it, Um, how much they'll pay. And I imagine they 're going to have stands more so than labor concessions with beer sales. I guess they they might have them uh, but kind of like they do at uh, at protective you know yeah when we 've been there, yep, you could get a beer if you wait in line for food and everything else, but there are other individual vendors so um, and by the way um, that 's huge just from marketing you know you 'll make some money off the beer sales, but to have your signage at a University of Alabama football game, that's big.
4: Yeah, and, you know, there is some evidence that uh, selling beer or alcohol in stadiums, it actually uh, it, redu- it actually has a positive effect. Uh, uh, when North Carolina, uh, the colleges in, in North Carolina began selling alcoholic beverages during their games, uh, they reported seeing an overall decline in ejections. Uh, There's some speculation that alcohol sales within the venue can help discourage binge drinking before a game. Um, So, I mean, basically, instead of students or or fans, you know, just getting plastered before they enter the stadium, they're able to drink at a slower, more controlled pace. But uh, this is just the way things are moving in in the United States uh, all throughout the country. And, um, you know, I, I certainly never thought when I moved here uh, all those in 2004 that I would see this day. But, but here we are, Chris. So I'll put the question, same question to you. Uh, do you think this is a good thing, not just for Alabama, but uh, college football in general, where uh, you are, are selling, where the schools are selling alcohol in the
7: stadiums?
5: Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I kind of go back and forth a little bit on it. It's and maybe I'm a little bit too much of a purist. I mean, it, it's I kind of treat it as it is what it is, kind of thing because this is the way the sports are going, and it's every single program and venue and so forth. It's it's you know trying to make money. It's they're doing whatever they can. So, uh, you know, it's I I kind of look at it as, as, I don't think we should you know we should be promoting alcohol with student bodies, but it's just kind of the reality, but and that's just kind of the way it is. So is it a good thing? I don't know.
3: Y'all all want to just do a roundtable thing before we get to what? Do, what do you think a 16-ounce Miller Lite would cost?
4: Uh, well, let's get you involved here. Oh, I'll hang on. To, you, okay, well, it's uh, 19. Yeah. We can't
6: involve oh, them in right. an oh, alcohol-related right, never, never mind, never
4: mind, never <clears throat> mind. Um, a 16-ounce uh, at Bryant Denny will cost you twelve dollars. That's my guess. All right, Alex, you're in. Unless
3: your parents don't want you to be. <laughs> what's you your guess? I don't at, even know what. What's it's your, your guess? You? How, yeah,
11: uh, sixteen. Sixteen bucks. Sixteen bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not. That's
3: dollar
5: dollar an ounce.
3: Chris, um, what do you think?
5: Chris, I don't know. Let's see how much more in- inflation goes up. <laughs>
4: Well done.
5: (laughs) You know, I kind of like the 12, but uh, I'm sure that they've done some sort of feasibility study and they know exactly what they can milk out of it.
3: Yeah, they know the sweet spot. Uh, I I hope that they uh, do emphasize cans and tall boys. Uh, Pouring all that is just a real big pain. And plus, you know what? You spill it when if it's
0: a draft and a cup. Be right back.
9: That's GoFan dot letter C Letter O.
0: WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day. We should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight.
3: back on the Jay Barker Show. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. we got Chris Walsh from Pammerth Central is on with us as well. And Alex Bowman, our intern, is going to bring some information here in just a minute. Um, just a couple of notes. I'll uh, check on the leaderboard here for you. Uh, from the U.S. Open in Brookline, Callum Tarran, um, everybody's favorite Irish golfer, is also with everybody's favorite Roy McElroy at 300 and David Lindmerk Is 3-under along with Joel Damon, and he is uh, an American that, again, I haven't heard of. All right, what a great time to be in Boston. You could go to the U.S. Open, the Celtics are at home tonight, and the Red Sox are at Fenway.
4: Now, that's big time. Plus, it's 68 degrees. (laughs) I, I just want to pause because this is a a big story to me, and that is uh, Sue Bird yeah. who is one of the all-time great female basketball players. In What WNBA legend, uh, the league's all-time assist leader, 12-time all-star, eight-time all-WNBA selection, uh, was just uh, an amazing player. Uh, at uh, UConn, helped the Huskies win national titles in 2000 and 2002, uh, named a player of the year in 2002, while arguably, arguably being a part of the greatest starting five in women's college basketball history. It goes on and on. She announced that she's going to be retiring uh, at the end of the 2022 season. And um, I got to spend a, a good amount of time with Sue, uh, when she was in college, and um, I, uh, I I did a couple stories on uh, the Yukon women, and um, boy, I mean, just, you know, she's got a, a magnetic personality. Uh, she was the face of uh, the WNBA for many years, and, and I, you'd be hard-pressed to find five other women who've had a greater impact on women's basketball than sue bird uh matt just uh, I, I i know you, you know you, i think any sports person knows about sue and uh, just your impression of sue bird you know i i didn't know her i just followed her um she certainly
3: evolved the sport from the college I mean, you know, it used to be all college. Yeah. And that was it. You know, it was Tennessee, La Tech. You remember when La Tech was real good? Yeah. Um, and, and then, of course, UConn comes along. Stanford. she yeah. helped, yes, she helped bring it to the professional level. So, Chris Walsh is also our guest, and um, he's with Bama Insider. Speaking of basketball, I'll run through this real quick. The matchups have been made for the 2023 Big 12 SEC Challenge, which I love. I love that. Uh, Arkansas at Baylor. Kansas at Kentucky. Imagine somebody sitting down thinking this would be a good matchup. Uh, Texas to Tennessee. TCU at Mississippi State. Ole Miss is at uh, Oklahoma State. Florida is at Kansas State. Iowa State is at Missouri. Uh, Texas Tech at LSU. Alabama will go to Norman. And Auburn will go to, uh, gee, I'm, I'm getting a brain fade here. Uh, West Virginia is in Huntington. Where is West Virginia, Chris? Help us out here.
4: I've actually never been to West Virginia. <laughs> I've been there a bunch
3: of times, but I don't. I know where Marshall is. Does that help? Uh, Morgan. Morgantown. Thank um, you. Yeah, thank you, thank you, sir. But anyway, um, I like that deal. Now, another note with Alex. Uh, those of you who keep up the USFL. The regular season wraps up this weekend. Uh, Birmingham plays the Bandits three o'clock uh, this Saturday afternoon. I'll be at there. I'll,
4: I'll be there if it's not in triple digits with uh, with my three little ones following me. You need come uh, hell or come need, hell or high water. To, we are going.
3: We need to call Jay and see if he's got something upstairs for us because
4: that is at, at Legion Field. And you, and you know they yeah.
3: you know and, and this I understand why it's not a criticism. If you're there with a regular seat, you're going to sit on the east side and going to boil. Yeah, you'll be sitting right. in the side. Yeah. Well, I'm the not top. doing that. Well, uh, You could go way up to the top and get under the oak. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not there anymore. Uh, all right, anyway, back to Alex. Are there any Birmingham stallions on the uh, all-pro team?
11: Yes. Victor Bolden and Cameron Hunt made the all-offensive team, and then the Marquise Gates made the all-defensive team.
3: Did, does it have the kicker? Uh No. Because the stallion's kicker was by far and away the best among a very weak list. All right, Chris, you bringing you bringing the young ones up to Legion Field
5: Saturday? Uh, no, uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's a little a little too far to sit out in the heat for me. So because we we live in, in Tuscaloosa, so um, it's uh, I don't I'm, my my kids are four and one. They're a little too young for that.
4: Have you taken your four-year-old to a uh, football game? I mean, I know you're always working, so I guess it would fall on the on your wife to do that. Um, has has the little man uh, been? been or well, the four-year-old, I forget.
5: Uh. Yeah, the four-year-old is, is a girl. Um, she has not really expressed any interest in sports yet. Um, you know, we were actually talking about the other night. We haven't even taken him to a movie theater yet, so. Um, that's probably going to be the first thing that we do.
3: Have you seen the Maverick movie? Just in the no. theaters. You plan to?
5: I'm you know I'm trying to remember the last movie. I thought I'm sure it's a, it's a Marvel movie, but um, we had kid number two. Well, the pandemic hit. We had kid number two, and we haven't been to a movie theater since. So. Um, it's probably infinity wars the last movie i saw in the
3: theater yeah i haven't been to the theater forever i think Uh, i told you i think a couple of years ago i went to see um ford versus ferrari because it was a father-son deal and a a christmas (coughs) gift uh, man that was great i love that movie
4: have you ever (coughs) seen it i have yeah yeah it, it is good it's really good um you know what I didn't know? I, I was watching Thirty for Thirty last night, and it was about the growth uh, of women's basketball, and uh, how USA Basketball was the first. It was right before the '96 um, uh, Olympics, uh, really about a year before that. So it'd be uh, a year before the '96 Olympics that they announced that they were going to form a, that. That the na- there was a national team before that. But instead of just getting together for three months, and then you go and play at the Worlds, they, uh, USA Basketball, got involved and uh, said, all right, we're going to get a team together, and um, and you're going to play for a year, and you're going to go on this barnstorming tour across the United States, across Europe, across the Pacific Rim. You're going to go all over the world. And uh, we're going to finally be what, like, uh, Brazil and Australia, uh, what these other teams are doing. And that is that they're, they're spending time together and playing together. And that's why uh, the United States women were getting beat, beat was because there wasn't this cohesiveness. It was just a, a bunch of uh, individual great players, but it, they didn't have, like, the team aspect. And, Matt, I didn't realize that the driving force behind that was C.M. Newton. I didn't know that either. I yeah, it was CM Newton who announced uh, Tara Vanderveer, uh, the the head coach of Stanford, to be the head coach of the uh, national team that went on. And, and the thing is, this is so amazing. If they hadn't won the gold medal in 96 at the Atlanta Olympics, I don't think there would be a WNBA today. They just put all their chips into this one uh, group of uh, young women and uh, it was CM Newton. What a visionary. I mean, he was working alongside with, uh, 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 you know, David Stern. And, and, and they had, uh, there, were, there was this grand plan. And, and Nike was involved. And But if they don't win the gold medal in 96, again, I, I don't think wow. women's basketball, professional women's basketball, takes this giant leap forward and it's and I'm a really not, un, really interesting story i mean
3: i i I've know it past it and i should have stayed on it but it's uh,
4: really it's really fast and i'm not trying to rain
3: on women's basketball's parade here but how does the wnba WN, continue to sustain itself when it loses between 10 and 12 million dollars a year i mean what, what business person would do that
4: well uh, <laughs> that's a tough question yeah uh, I, 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 I think there is sort of other ancillary benefits that uh, supersede maybe bottom line for the NBA uh, in, uh, in in what is sort of good and healthy for the overall sport rather than just uh, whether or not you're operating in the red or the black. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, that... I, I don't know. I mean, I don't have the facts and numbers in, in front of me, and I certainly don't proclaim to be an expert on women's basketball, but uh, that I, I can't recommend that 30 for 30 uh, highly enough.
3: Well, Chris is an expert on women's basketball, right? Uh,
5: really? Your thoughts? I covered a couple of WNBA oh. games years ago when I was living in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, did one from the New York Times. Was that, uh, was, di- that was was, gonna...
4: w- was Diana Trozzi on the on those teams?
5: Um I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I mean
4: I've, I've uh I, I I did a bunch of stories on Diana as well and wow. Uh I, I tried to uh play a game of horse with her.
3: Whew. Be kinda like you playing me.
4: I mean Diana, she is amazing. Wow. Oh. And uh Brittany Griner being uh, detained over in Russia is horrible. It's horrible. Uh, don't, they, I just, don't
3: take gummy bears over the line. Well, I, look. Anyway, that's, well, uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's a a subject for another show. Actually, yes. Um, when we come back, I've got another note on women's basketball and my age. Is that you guys won't probably won't remember it. You've read about it, but it's an interesting story nonetheless.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather.
0: A very hot afternoon, partly to mostly sunny, with only a small chance of a thunderstorm through the evening hours. The high today, 98. The low tonight, 76. Hot again tomorrow, lots of sunshine. The chance of a shower stays small. The high also, 98. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 92 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
3: barker show it's Lars. it's matt alex with you as well when i was uh and i'm talking about pretty young okay like just first starting to get into sports a lot uh you know let's just say 10 for the sake of the conversation uh my sister started playing basketball and she's a pretty good little player lars they played three on three half court have you ever seen that are you familiar with it yeah uh, you have three defenders on one side. The other team has three offensive players. And then the exact same thing on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going to that the first game and I went, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen because you couldn't cross midcourt. You had to pass the ball to your offense. And uh, obviously there were no fast breaks. But I always thought that was a very, very interesting form of basketball. And had they kept doing that, uh, we wouldn't be having the same kind of basketball we are today. But I always thought it was very, very interesting and very, very weird. Uh, my sister was the point guard, and they had a a, a score, and she would, uh, she would dish it, and the score would have 26 points, and they'd win 26 to 20. And that's the way
4: it was. It was a really weird form of basketball. I enjoy watching women's basketball for the same reason I enjoy watching women's golf and women's tennis. It's because the elite female athletes, um, they play a game that is similar to, uh, gosh, how can I say this the right way? That's more, it's more relatable to the vast majority of, of men than, uh, than what the, the elite men do. Right. And, uh, and there's a, a certain level of uh, intelligence that, that it's just. I really enjoy. I really enjoy it. Um, okay, let's go to the uh, NBA, Matt. Uh, tonight, huge night, huge night in the NBA. Uh, game six of the NBA Finals. Tip off scheduled for uh, eight p.m. Uh, Central Time on ABC. Uh, Golden State uh, Celtics. Golden State is up three to two in the best seven series. so obviously this is must win for the Celtics uh, trying to keep their season alive and uh, let's let's start here, Matt. So if Golden State wins tonight, that will be their fourth NBA title in eight years. Does this classify them if they win? Can we definitively say, that they are a dynasty. I think they kind of are
3: already. But they're going to win this thing, likely, and I hope it goes seven. Please go seven. It's going to go that, seven. That's a,
4: it is going to go... By the, they, by the we, way... We, we said all along, both of us have. This is going seven games.
3: Um. By the way, I love looking at these little tabs where it says, and it's got the scoreboard and all that. It's 8 o'clock. Uh, it actually says 9. That's Eastern. 8 o'clock hour time, Warriors-Celtics. Line, Boston's favored by... Let's see... Yeah, Boston minus three and a half. So who you take? I'm taking
2: Boston. All right,
3: and, and, you know, it's a must win. The over-under is 210. But here's here's the little bitty phrase that I, I find pretty funny. Tickets as low as, you want to fill in the blank? Mm. Get ready, Alex, you're on deck.
4: 700?
3: Alex, how much do you think a ticket? I mean, this has got to be as far up in the garden as you can possibly get. But- I'd say 700? He says 700 What do you think a ticket would cost uh, for tonight's for game? For a nosebleed. The worst yeah. seat worst in the house.
11: Seat.
3: 500 Hey, y- y'all both pretty close. $527. Way to go, Alex. Alex, uh, you have a future in ticket brokering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right, let's break down the game. All right, first, uh, what do you think the betting line is on Steph making a three? <laughs> Yeah. So, so that
4: it, it, it's you know you you go back and you analyze game 5 and Golden State wins 104 to 94 and you you look at the numbers and you just don't understand how the heck Golden State won that game. So the Celtics they had eight more rebounds than the Warriors. They hit two more three-pointers than the Warriors. They attempted 16 more free throws than the Warriors. And they held Steph Curry to a series worth 16 points. And Steph was 0 for 9 from beyond the arc. It was the first time in, like, what, 233 games he hadn't hit a, a three-pointer. And yet, Golden State wins by, uh, by, by 104 to 94. And so, it, it, like, none of the stats made sense. No. Nothing made sense. You know what was the key the key play in that game, the key sequence, was at the end of the third quarter when uh, Jordan Poole uh, got the ball from a pass from Wiggins and right about a half-court, almost running full speed, yeah. chucked it up there, and it was a, a Hail Mary. He didn't mean to bank it. Nobody ever means to bank it from half-court, but the the bank was open, Matt, and banks the ball in, and like all, it was like a six-point swing. And, you know, he's just, I loved it. Jordan Poole, he's like, goes into the crowd, and they're just loving him. They're going crazy. and I'm like, all right, this is Golden State's night. <laughs> this is Golden it was, State's it was, night. I, I thought the same thing. And like, when this, they went in and I over.
3: Went, this, this is uh, over. Uh, it's, it's not Boston's night. Yeah. Uh, Alex, uh, I know you're a big, you're a Curry guy, right? I mean, first of all, you're a Hawks fan, but you like Steph, right? Yeah. Could you beat him in horse? Probably not. Okay, good. Uh, honest and smart, uh, you're building up all all of the characteristics to not continue <laughs> in this business. I'm just kidding. Uh, well, break it down for tonight. What do you think is going to happen? Boston uh, has uh, do the Warriors have
11: a shot. I think the Warriors actually win tonight. Yeah, you know, a lot of smart
4: people are saying that. Like a lot of people who know basketball, they just they believe that they're going to do it. Well, okay, so let's. Get into your, what's your rationale for that?
11: Uh, I'm trying to figure out. Where Al Horford's been in the, since the first game. Uh, haven't seen him at all. I don't think he scored over ten points since that. Um, yeah, and and their attack. The Warriors are going after him
4: on the uh, when they're on offense. The one person they're attacking is Horford. He's been a liability well, for them 58. big time. I think he's thirty four. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, he was I, on
3: those back to back Florida national championship. that's how old he is,
4: yeah and, and, but he's he's been a great story um i think i think I think jason tatum, I think Jason Tatum is going to have a really big game i I think this is this is his moment. you know, we've been talking for weeks now, guys about. Is Tatum an elite player? And, and this has been a uh, a conversation that has been going on nationally uh, ever since uh, uh, Boston came back and, and beat Milwaukee. I, I still think Milwaukee is probably the best team in the NBA. If they had Middleton, uh, I think Milwaukee beats Boston. And if Middleton is healthy, I think Boston or I think uh, uh, Milwaukee wins uh, another championship. But. Uh, ever since then, we've been wondering: Is Jason Tatum the next, you know, superstar? And it, it has been an ongoing debate. And so far, you know, he's played okay. His numbers are okay, but they're not. He hasn't done anything that really uh, would 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 separate him from uh, a group of guys who are kind of below Steph Curry. And uh, and and the few others who are are are, are generally regarded as uh, as the stars of the league. And I but I, I think tonight is Tatum's night. It's, if he's ever gonna do it, Alex, tonight is the night. I think he has to have forty plus for them to win. Wow. And I don't think he's had forty plus in the playoffs yet. In the playoffs? Certainly I, not I don't in think this series. So. Yeah, certainly not in this series. Um and you know, Jalen Brown uh he's emerged as a – uh, a, a force to be reckoned with, uh, the shooting guard for the Celtics. But the, the thing is, both of these guys, in key situations, they're turning the ball over. And another thing, oh, this drove me crazy. In Game Five, they were just bitching at the refs nonstop, and they it 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 it, it, it diverted their focus. It blurred their focus because. And it's it, 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 amazing, too. Like, Boston fans just went berserk on Twitter. We're getting screwed. We're getting screwed. We're getting screwed. Like, come on. Stop it. Just play the game. Play the game. And, and, and once you let the refs and calls get in your head, you've lost it.
3: Well, it's a pretty quick-thinking game. So, if you've lost
4: your edge there,
3: uh, we'll see. Uh It's tonight coming up on the other side of this break i'm going to bring uh, alex is going to stay with us and bring up his story of the day or two um uh, i also have one too uh, about a texas toddler it's all coming up on the
2: jay barker show
8: 269. And shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to SiebelsCottage.com and order anything you want and type in J Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on the J Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood
9: or online at Siebel's Cottage.com. Letter O.
3: Back on. Keep it. I don't know what's happened. Just like over the last day, people want to say it's the Lars Anderson show. Actually, it's the Jay Barker Show starring Lars Anderson. And I just kind of drive the the ship here a little bit. I'm Matt Coulter. Alex Bauman is with us. And um, he's our intern. And he comes up with something interesting, maybe sports-related, maybe not every day.
4: We need to figure out a name for this segment.
3: Uh, Okay, Alex, that's your next assignment.
4: (laughs) I love alliteration. So it needs to start with an A. Alex is...
3: He and I... Lars and I, by the way, Alex, are huge on alliteration. You and the spoken, in the written word. I, I used to do my entire scoreboards on television. I would pick one letter as to the difference. You know, you yeah. you, you smack, you stuff, and just go. I, t- I always wondered if anybody noticed. I think that's
4: why you're so good at wordle. Uh, like goes, so you and I are both obsessed with Wordle. I, I
3: do it daily. Yeah,
4: and, and, and the thing is, you you always send me, like, these these Wordles that you got them in two. Like, nobody gets them in two.
3: Well, I don't think the ones I'm doing online, it's an unlimited Wordle, are as difficult as yours. You
4: but don't the do one the New one that I, Times the, the one?
3: one? The one I sent you, I'll be honest with you, Karen and I had been hanging around, and I go over the computer, and I, I, I just, you know, I had imbibed a little bit. And I think that gave me the free spirit to just type in renew. Because a lot of times you don't have duplicate letters and you play by certain rules. But anyway, we're getting away from Alex. I love Wordle.
4: I'm obsessed Uh, with Wordle.
3: Yeah. Uh, What do you got for us today on Alex's
11: uh, assignment? Alex's assignment. That's not bad. (laughs) Uh, The U.S. Department of Energy said you should keep your air conditioner at 78 degrees most of the time. And when you're out, move it up 7 degrees. Then when you go to bed, move it to eighty-two degrees to save uh, eighty-two to save uh, energy.
3: All right, Lars, I can't. How many of those suggestions are you going to
4: adhere to? Hey, I'm just going to be honest. Uh, I keep mine at seventy-two, yeah, and uh, I probably should do that. Uh, We all need to do our part to uh, try to uh, use as 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 little energy as possible. What do you keep your thermostat at?
3: Uh, We alter it. Um, because the medication Karen's on and stuff, she's now tends to get very, very hot. So at times it's pretty low, but you know, I, I kind of uh, rationalize that because, you know, she's a cancer survivor and that her medicine does that. So, but I do raise it when we're both at work. I mean, we're going to be gone for four or five hours. Yeah, I definitely raise it, uh, probably to around 82.
4: Do you keep but, your, uh, blinds shut during the day, especially yeah. when it's this hot? So you minimize the amount of sunlight. And uh, heat getting in, uh, Alice. What, what do you? Uh, what do your parents keep the thermostat at when you were growing up? What was it usually at?
3: Like seventy-two degrees. Yeah, I can't sleep in eighty-two degrees. I'm
4: sorry, that, that that's not happening with me. I mean, it's eighty-two degrees. I don't. I, I don't think like if, to if it if it's, if it's over eighty in your house, man, I, I would evacuate and go to a hotel. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is really hot. Listen, I, we've lost power. Yeah. In the summer, and I've gone. Yeah, no, got I, out of no, you no, imagine no. that three kids I remember when do. uh uh when when the power went out in New York City remember it was like a squirrel tripped on a breaker in in Pennsylvania and the grid just... yeah the grid went all out and uh wow it was a it was a it was a really interesting night uh it, it, <laughs> like you go like one you could see the stars in New York City which was unbelievable. And, uh, right when it went out, I was in a, a subway and, uh, it, we had just left the station. Luckily enough, like it was my home subway stop, 86 and Sunder Park West. And I took my uh, cell phone. It was probably a flip phone at the time. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and I was able to use that to, uh, and we were like, you don't know, way down deep in the ground, uh, able to like lead some people out just cause I knew exactly where I was going. And then interestingly enough. You get uh, get out, and um, all all the all the uh, street lights are out. So it's just a, a chaos. And I look over, and there's this homeless guy directing traffic. All the, <laughs> and everybody's everybody's abiding by what he's saying. Suddenly, so this guy who who goes from uh, you know uh, living in a cardboard box, he jumps into action, and he's like, "Stop, go!" And it was almost like as if. Uh, he had trained for this moment his entire life. It was so Evidently,
3: cool he was doing
7: a great and job. then
4: uh and then that night uh by candlelight uh at at different uh bars because all the beer would be going bad from the kegs, everything was free uh wow at the, at the bodegas uh which are just little sort of oh, like uh, grocery stores, little tiny ones um uh all the uh ice cream they'd given away for free. It was, wow. it was actually a pretty good night, but then had to sleep in my fifth-floor walk-up apartment, and it was like 103 degrees. I mean, it was, it was brutal. What did you do? You just tried, tried sweat, to sweat tried and to bear it? <laughs> drink enough to fall asleep. Well,
3: well uh, Before you were born and when I was very, very young, they had, and I know you're aware of this, they had the huge blackout. It took out most of the Northeast, Yeah, including New York. It was like in 67, 68, mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, it was it was for a day, day and a half. It was it's pretty extended time. Uh and you've probably heard this. You know what happened nine months later?
4: Birth rate went through the roof.
3: <laughs> Isn't that funny? Isn't that, yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah,
4: and I think the exact opposite has happened uh with the pandemic. Birth rate going down, <laughs> divorce rate going up. Oh.
3: Uh speaking of down and up, which way you're gonna look at it. Kevin Nah, who's He's kind of on my bad list. He, no, he he doesn't seem like a very nice guy. Uh, there are stories
4: to back that up. He's three under through five. Hey, it's funny. I, I've heard some, some guys make fun of him a little bit. Like, you know, does Kevin Na really move the needle? Do people care that Kevin Na is at, on the live tour? <laughs> I mean, unless you are the most hardcore of hardcore golf fan, like, do you give a two flying about Kevin Na? I could
3: probably go through eight of the top ten here, and they wouldn't be moving the
4: needle either. So I don't know. All right.
3: It, By the it, way, Roy McIlroy is among the leaders at
4: three under. One more question, Matt, really quick. Do you think people care about this story? Like the general sports fan who uh, just is a casual golf observer? The live tour? Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. Alex, what do you, what do you think? Like do you, do you when you are hanging out with your friends? Are you debating uh,
11: the merits of the live tour? <laughs> no. <laughs> do you
3: have not. thoughts on it?
11: I mean, not really. But it kind of made me watch golf uh, some more and li- watch news about it. Do you play? Not really.
3: What do you do? You shoot hoops, right?
11: Yeah, I do. Often. Um. Try
4: it every week. What is it? What is the number one? Like, if you were going to go out to dinner tonight with your buddies uh, from UAB, other than uh, the obvious of of girls, what would you be talking about? Probably the NBA Finals. NBA Finals. Most of the
3: guys you run circles with, uh, they're also usually, you're all NBA guys? Uh,
11: Most of us are, yeah. Did you play? Were you a Hornet? I was for a little while.
3: That's the Chelsea mascot or nickname, so I thought I'd impress everybody since I knew that right off the top of my head. Chelsea
11: Hornets. Uh, (laughs) Do you you, you have a place where you play indoors or you just shoot outdoors? Uh, We have a place indoors, but we haven't really gone there in a while. We try to do outdoors, though. Uh, Did you have a place? We had a place when I was growing up.
3: Um, When I got older now, you couldn't do this when you were eight or nine. You shot in your backyard. You could... You could get into a gym,
4: hardwood. When I I moved here, I I played uh, noon ball down at the uh, downtown Y. No, I'm talking Uh, about a place where four or five of your buddies could kind of sneak in.
3: You mm, you knew how to get in. And I'm pretty sure that
4: other people knew that we were doing it, but we were very respectful, and they let it happen. I mean, I would play outside even if I had to have like uh gloves on you know if there 's oh, like wow. snow on the ground i 'm not kidding. I mean we would play with snow on the ground. no, so where was it that you played matt i can 't tell you they get angry
3: <laughs> there used to be a little way since it 's not even a school anymore there used to be a little way that you could get in through a certain door at Huntsville middle school and uh, we 'd go in there we'd we 'd hit the lights. Basketball, we'd play for, for an hour or two. And then we'd leave the same way, leave it exactly the way we found it. And I'm pretty sure school officials knew, but, hey, we weren't doing it. We were running the electricity bill up 2% for two
4: hours. Did so. you ever uh, see any egregious fouls, like really hard fouls? Any, any, and like what you'd call a pick, pickup game? Yeah. Yeah, I probably delivered a couple
3: and taken more than my share.
4: Any punches thrown? No.
3: Uh, one, one time in a basketball game, uh, uh, I was asked to sit on the bench for a considerable amount of time. Cause this guy, he need me in the, you know what? And, and he knew it now, if it happened in regular play, but somebody does that on purpose. Sorry. I'm i I'm gonna probably draw back on you. What about you? Do you take foul, take more or give more fouls?
4: <laughs> I'll just Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith. Never forget this. Uh, As we're going to Sports Illustrated time, it was before the Spurs were hosting an NBA Finals game. And uh, Stephen A. uh, was there guarding me. uh, Make a run to uh, the the hole. Charge! Charge! Oh, he's calling. He was the ref. No, he called me. No, he called a charge. On you. In pickup ball. That is the ultimate no-no. And have you ever seen? Have you ever seen what his shot looks like? <laughs> it's no. like from behind his head. Yeah, I love it when. Um, yeah. When. What does he do? Like yeah, oh yes, God! Yeah,
3: yeah. I've never known anybody that had that certain shot to be very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, there he's you
4: the definitive voice on commenting on the NBA.
3: By the way, is there any way that he can comment without breaking your eardrums? I was watching him yesterday morning, and he just yells. Yeah, He yells. I I, I like some of his points. I don't like some of them. But learn to, you know, take it down a notch there, Stephen A. I
4: I will say this. One of my buddies, uh, David Sabino, who was with me at Sports Illustrated, he ended up being sort of Stephen A.'s uh, information guy. And he told me that Stephen a is a really, really good person. I,
3: I, I've heard the same thing.
4: Oh. I mean, nothing but nothing but bouquets I, I've heard about him. So uh, I, I can't be too rough on him. But <laughs> calling a charge in a pickup game, oh, you, not hey,
3: cool. Hey, hey Alex. Oh, uh, <laughs> what's your shot? Are you, do you? Are you dribble drive? You dribble. You got a good three ball. I'm
11: more of a post game kind of guy.
6: Really? Hmm.
4: I post game. Uh, how tall I, are you? Like 5'10". So you can play mm. with you're back oh, you to can the post basket. Me up. Uh, I-, I would like to see you and Coulter get it on, a little one-on-one.
3: It'd last <laughs> about 45, 50 seconds before I'd be winded. <laughs> I was never really that good, but I could. Hey, at one time I could play on.
4: There's nothing like playground basketball. Nothing like it's pickup not, games.
3: What I've always liked about it, when I used to work out a lot, there was a gym there, and that's how I would kind of reward myself at the end of my workout. I'd go shoot basketball. You can do that by yourself. You can make up games by yourself. You can it,
4: I, I spent. You can a do great, it, by the way. I spent uh, thousands of hours by myself on my own court at home, uh, outside, just making up games by myself. Just and shooting, 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 shooting.
3: It was the, uh, in some ways, it was the start of my broadcast career because I announced the entire game. <laughs> All right. We Were you wrap always up. the star? Uh, Did you make the game-winning no, shot? Well, yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Weren't you?
11: Of course. Uh. Right over Jordan? No, right over Larry Bird.
3: Oh well, God, I go so far back. Uh. Bob Cousy? No, not quite. <laughs> Smarty Pants, Dance. We'll be back in a minute.
2: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather.
0: A very hot afternoon, partly to mostly sunny, with only a small chance of a thunderstorm through the evening hours. The high today, 98. The low tonight, 76. Hot again tomorrow, lots of sunshine. The chance of a shower stays small. The high also, 98. I'm James Spann of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 92 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
3: After five, he is three under among many, including Roy McElroy, top of the leaderboard at the Country Club. Did, were they just not very clever, or did they just are they so pompous that they think their Country Club is the Country Club?
4: Well, have you been to the club in Birmingham?
3: Yeah. Are you? Ever, is, are you a member? Uh,
4: have you no. been a member?
3: I've, no, I've been there no, many times. It's That's actually, a,
4: it's actually really good. It,
3: it, it is a good place. <laughs> All right, uh, one other story that uh, goes along the line of some of the things that Alex brings to us. Uh, Karen thought this was hysterical, and I think it was, it was too. Two-year-old, his mom is working from home. He's got a two and a four and a six, stuff like that. And, I, and I've seen this. My daughter does. Every once in a while, your two-year-old, because they're so smart, they can operate your phone, and they can find a game on it or and watch a video. Well, this little two-year-old uh, figured out How to use his mother's Doordash? I ordered 31 McDonald's cheeseburgers. So, knock on the door. The mother says, "Hey, no, I I didn't order those." And then uh, the Doordash person showed her the, you know, the particulars on her phone and went, "Oh yeah, I did give my son my phone about 30 minutes ago." And then here's what the really cool part of it is: he doesn't even like cheeseburgers. You know, I, th- I think it, when you do the dive here, he probably did it, but he did it accidentally. Um, but what the lady did was really cool. She said, I don't need these hamburgers. So she sent out a little text to her neighborhood. You know how you can do that stuff. Somebody came by and got six. Somebody came by and got 14. Somebody came by and she just gave all the burgers. away. Does that not warm your heart, Lars? You're looking at me with this evil... <laughs> Oh, man, I hate that story. No,
4: I, 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 I'm sorry. My, my mind is on something else here. And I, I just want to uh, uh, say this before we have to get out of here. Uh, this is a story we didn't get to yesterday. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, safety uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, former Alabama player, um, just became the highest paid safety in the NFL Uh, Going to be making uh, about uh, 18.5 million, 18.4 million a year, uh, 36 million guaranteed. And uh, I found it really interesting why Pittsburgh is throwing uh, all their uh, this massive amount of resources at a safety, which is normally not a uh, position that you would prioritize, especially in this age of uh, the salary cap. But then you look, who did he just beat out? Who's the second highest paid safety? That's Jamal Adams of the Seahawks, who makes seventeen point five million a year. What do Jamal Adams and Mika Fitzpatrick have in common? They're from the, New Jersey. the The front offices pay. The front offices traded for them, and so in order to justify making the trade and giving up a huge amount of draft uh, uh, resources, you have to sign them to a long term deal at a again a position where you normally would not pay this amount of money. And so, I, look, I love Mika. Got to know him well when he was in Tuscaloosa. Great guy. But this is just seems like an insane deal to me. Uh, what What's the first thing I told you
3: when we read that story, uh, maybe off the air yesterday? What was that? Incredible football IQ. Yeah. That's why you trade for a Good guy time. like that. See you, Alex. Everybody, y'all have a great day.
2: Hi, this is Wes McClune.